0: of Saturdays ago, our presbytery uh, ordained a young man to the ministry, and after the ordination, there was some, uh, you know, informal discussion that took place, and somebody asked the question, was somebody who been in the ministry for a while, thinking back when you first entered the ministry, what was the most challenging thing that you encountered that you really didn't expect to encounter? And uh, I heard people talking about different things. I didn't really answer that. I had to think about it for a while. Um, And to me, for me, the answer was trying to care for people. That was the most challenging thing. Now, Now, the church today is a different place than it was. But when I first got here, if someone was gone... For church, from church, for a couple of Sundays, and I called to check on them and uh, see how they were doing. I'd often get a response of defensiveness or anger uh, at the at the call, and I would hear things like this: "It's none of your business where I was," Uh, or "I had very good reasons for not being in church." Okay, okay. (laughs) And it and it really, as a young man, really smarted. And that kind of, kind of a natural sense would be to think, "I'll never make that mistake again." But I, but I brought it to the Lord in prayer. I sincerely prayed about that and said, um, "Lord, what's what's causing that, and how should I respond to it?" And as I thought it through, it it dawned on me that you know, if you if you look at the history of religion, if you look at much christianity in the united states often religion has been an attempt to convince people who don't really want something that they need it and the thinly veiled goal of religion has often been the benefit of the one who is promoting it rather than for the benefit of those to whom it's being presented And in talking to unchurched people today, it seems like like God's given me many more opportunities to do that lately, maybe because there's so many unchurched people today. I often find that the objection to Christianity comes from the perception that Christians are trying to sell them something that they don't want by trying to convince them that they really need it, kind of like life insurance or something like that. You know, nobody really wants that, but you you probably need it. But there's a sense, have you ever encountered a salesman like this? A sense that the people who are doing it are really doing it for their own benefit rather than the benefit of the person they're trying to make the presentation to. Have you ever had a salesperson try to sell you something that you're pretty sure the reason for the sale is their benefit, not really yours. It's not something that you really need or want. And I have to admit, sadly, that that is and has been true in the past of the Christian faith, and we see it a lot in American evangelicalism today, that the faith is used by people to jockey for personal advantage for for political gain or for some ammunition in a culture war and even at its best the christian faith is sometimes presented as something that we need but which we can't really afford the cost of it is giving up things that we really want christianity should reflect christ It doesn't always. And so in discussions with my unchurched friends, I never try to defend Christianity, particularly contemporary American evangelical Christianity. I try to point them to Christ. Jesus didn't come to sell us something that we don't want or that we probably can't afford He came to gift us with something that we need. I'm going to read today from John chapter 5, verses 24 to 27. This is Jesus speaking. I tell you the truth, whoever hears my word and believes him who sent me has eternal life and will not be condemned. He has crossed over from death to life. I tell you the truth, a time is coming... And is now come when the dead will hear the voice of the Son of God and those who hear will live. For as the Father has life in himself, so he has granted the Son to have life in himself. And he has given him authority to judge because he is the Son of Man. Our Father, today as we uh, reflect on these words of jesus father may we find joy in them and uh, lord may that joy overflow to share with others father for our good for the good of our neighbors and friends for your glory we pray amen Jesus didn't come to sell us something that we don't want and probably can't afford. He came to gift us with something that we need. You know, when religion becomes a way of just gaining advantage for oneself, um, well, a lot of times the assumption that's made is that everyone else is doing the same thing. It's a number of years ago now that I had the, the dubious pleasure of meeting a politician who had the reputation of being a Christian. There was uh, somebody that I knew was personal friends with him, and uh, and so it wasn't in kind of like a public setting. It was a private meeting. As we talked, it was very evident to me that his religion was simply a way of gaining political advantage. Uh, he spoke at times what seemed to me to be even derisively about the Christian faith with a nod and a wink. I was kind of shocked, but One of the things that I thought as I'm listening to him was, why is he telling me this? And then I realized, it's because I'm in the religion business. And because that's what he does with religion, he thinks that anybody who's in the religion business does the same. It's clear enough from the gospel accounts that at least some of the scribes and Pharisees and teachers of the law were doing just that. Jesus said things about them like they tied up heavy burdens and put them on people's backs, but they themselves were not willing to lift a finger to carry them. And their religion consisted in what? In wanting the places of honor, Jesus said, in the synagogues, they would pray on the street corners. They wanted to be called rabbi. They, they, they wanted the accolades of people. They wanted to be honored in society and wanted an honored place. And even when their religion was not blatantly manipulative, oftentimes they thought of religion as a good way to change others and so jesus oftentimes makes them a byword in his parables and you think of the pharisee and the tax collector the parable that jesus tells in luke 18 that they they come into the temple that the tax gatherer stands off at a distance he hangs his head beats his breast says lord be merciful to me the sinner The Pharisee goes in and he says, Lord, I thank you that I'm not like other people. Gives a a catalog of vices and sins, he says, or even like this this tax collector here. See, the point of religion of those who really need it is that somebody else be changed. Sometimes they even showed their outright contempt for the people that God had called them to serve. There's an interesting statement made by some of the Pharisees, it's almost made incidentally in the seventh chapter of John's Gospel, verse 49. They're talking about Jesus and how the crowds are following him, and some people are raising the question, should we listen to what he has to say and uh, maybe examine this, and this is the answer of some of them, they say, have any of the Pharisees followed him, but this rabble speaking about the crowds of jewish people this rabble who knows nothing of the law they are accursed in other words they don't have the time and the resources and the wealth that we do to sit here and study the law all day Uh, they they don't know all the intricacies and ins and outs and the meaning of it and despite all this the people respected them, they listened to them, they had to. They were selling them something that they needed. But Jesus didn't come to sell us something that we don't want. He came to gift us with something that we need. Matthew tells us that it was out of envy that the religious elite denounced Jesus to Pilate because they didn't want to lose their monopoly. They couldn't imagine anybody coming with the heart that Jesus came with. But Jesus didn't come to sell us something that we don't want. You know, when people use religion as a means to an end to get something they want, it it indicates that they either don't have that thing, or they don't have it securely. They're afraid that they'll lose it. But that's not so for the Son of God. He has all life and goodness and glory in himself. He doesn't need his creatures. He doesn't need anything from us. The Son of God came into the world not for himself, but for you. God sent His Son into the world, not for Himself, but out of love for you. That's what Jesus told us in John 3. He says that God loved the world and that He sent His only Son. Jesus gives us in John chapter 10 the purpose for which He came. He said, I've come that they might have life and have it abundantly. And the eternal life that Jesus offers is a life that is going to be given to us or is meant to be given to us, not someday, not after this life is done, but it's a life that begins now and continues on, transcends death, and carries through right to the resurrection. And so Jesus says, I tell you the truth, whoever hears my words and believes him who sent me has eternal life and will not be condemned he is crossed over from death to life he has eternal life not that he will have it but that he has it now and and when professing christians don't experience that life that abundant life when i don't experience it the problem is with my religion it's not with jesus eternal life is not the result of keeping an elaborate set of rules that's what the pharisees would have people believe but jesus said let me read it again i tell you the truth whoever hears my word and when he says that he doesn't mean merely that acoustic waves reach his ears but you know when somebody says to you do you hear me What they mean is do you understand whoever hears my word takes it in and believes the one who sent me because this is where the message comes from has eternal life and will not be condemned he has crossed over from death to life but those who hear the word of jesus the word that proclaims god's love for our benefit and believes the one who sent him has eternal life and jesus says and he will not be condemned and we can be sure of that because he's the one who will do the judging you see what jesus says For the Father has life in himself, as the Father has life in himself, so he has granted the Son to have life in himself. And he has given him authority to judge because he is the Son of Man. And the one who will judge us, will judge you, is, as the writer to the Hebrews tells us, and summing up everything that he's learned about the life of Jesus, able to empathize with us in our weakness, who's been tempted in every way, just as we are, yet without sin. Let us then approach God's throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. You know, when when Jesus was carrying out his public ministry, he was accused by the Pharisees. It was an insult. He was accused of being the friend of sinners. Well, he was and he is. The Puritan writer Thomas Goodwin in his little book, The Heart of Christ, notes that Jesus was and is not only kind and compassionate to us in our sorrow our suffering but he's kind and compassionate to us in our faults and in our failings and in our sins Jesus didn't come to sell you something that you don't want or can't afford he came to gift you with something that you need And, and I'll have you note here in what Jesus says in this in this short passage that that Jesus doesn't come with a threat. He doesn't say, you better listen to me or you're going to die. He comes with an announcement and an invitation. He says, whoever hears my word and believes him who sent me has crossed over from death to life. Jesus comes with this announcement startling to the Pharisees and the scribes, the priests, the teachers of the law, not so startling perhaps to those they regarded as sinners. And, and that's this, that it, it, it's, it's not that we're going to die if we don't straighten out, it's that we're already dead in our trespasses and sins. That, that we're already separated from God and from the life of God. And Jesus came to restore us to God, to give us life. I've come that you might have life and have it abundantly. He didn't come to sell you eternal life. He came to give it to you as a gift. It's free for you. It's free, but it's not cheap. It costs the Son of God everything. He came to give us life by giving his life i tell you the truth whoever hears my word and believes him who sent me has eternal life and will not be condemned he has crossed over from death to life i tell you the truth the time is coming and has now come when the when the daddy's speaking here oh perhaps there's some uh, inclination of the resurrection but he's speaking of those who are dead in their trespasses and sins the time is coming and now is when the dead will hear the voice of the son of god and those who hear will live for as the father has life in himself so he has granted the son to have life in himself don't don't hear the words that jesus speaks here through the ears of the pharisees who Hear it with cynicism. They hear the words of Jesus uh, through all of their use of religion uh, as a manipulation. Don't hear these words through the ears of the Pharisees, but hear them from the heart of Jesus. Jesus did not come to sell you something that you don't want or can't afford. He came to gift you with something that you need. Forgiveness of your sin. Peace with God. Reconciliation. Restoration. And an eternal life that begins right now. Won't you receive that gift? Would you receive it? Jesus tells us how. He says, I tell you the truth, whoever hears my word and believes him who sent me has eternal life and will not be condemned. He's crossed over from death to life, the gifts received by faith in him. Jesus didn't come to sell you something that you don't need or can't afford. He came to gift you with something that you need. Let's pray. Father, open our ears to truly hear the word of Jesus Lord, as I uh, look at the state of the church in our uh, country today, I I fear that we are much more like the Pharisees. And, and Father, can it be that 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 we would look at everyone else and conclude? that they're like the Pharisees. Now help us to examine ourselves, to sincerely hear your word, to sincerely receive it, to experience the life that you came to give, And then, Father, have a truly good news to share with other people that's not shared for our benefit or our gain, but is shared with them for theirs. And, Father, as you do that work in us, we'll give you glory. Through Jesus, our Lord. Amen.